Proverbs is just, it's filled with wisdom, uh, the way of wisdom. That's a great title. Uh, to me personally, Proverbs has always had a special place in my heart, or at least uh, a special place in my heart since uh, I was about 12 years of age or so, grade 7, I guess that would yeah, be 12. Uh, sports has been a big part of my life. Joel has mentioned a little bit about that for sure. Hockey has been a, a major part of my life all the way through. Um, I was never allowed to play hockey on Sundays. Uh, and so in grade seven, I was trying out for a peewee AAA team at the time, and the coach pulled me aside after our second tryout. And uh, he said, hey, Coop, here's the deal. I know that you're not allowed to play hockey on Sundays, uh, but you need to go home and talk to your dad tonight. Uh, and if he lets you play hockey uh, on our team, you have a spot. If dad does not allow you to play hockey on Sundays, well, then tomorrow night at tryouts, that will be your last one. And so I went home that night. I was a little bit discouraged because I thought, I already know what dad's going to say. And to my surprise, dad said, you want to play on this team, Garth? And I said, yeah, dad, I really would love to do that. He said, I'll make you a deal. I said, okay, I'm listening. If you play on this team, that means you're going to miss a lot of church on Sunday mornings. And church is important. You need to know that. You need to understand that. Your relationship with God is number one. But I'll make a deal with you, and that is this. If every day you read five psalms a day and one proverbs a day. There's 150 psalms. There's 31 proverbs. And so that means that every month I would get through the book of psalms and I would get through the book of proverbs. And uh, he says, you still want to play? And I said, yeah, Dad, Dad, I really do. All right. In addition to that, Garth... We're going to memorize scripture together. And so Sunday, I'm going to give you a passage of scripture. We're going to memorize it all week. And then the next Sunday, we're going to recite that to one another. And then we'll have a new passage of scripture to memorize the next week. You still want to play hockey? <laughs> I said, Dad, I really want to. And so he said, okay. Then that's what we're going to do. And I said, okay, I'm in. And so that's what we did for the next two years as I was able to play on this team. Uh, powerful powerful time. There was many times where I was trying to read, and I was a slower reader, and I, you know, that's a lot of chapters to read, and, and memorizing, it was hard work. Many times I was crying, and I thought, ah, I just can't do this, but Dad just kept pushing forward with that, and I'm so thankful for that heritage. I'm so thankful for uh, that uh, maybe discipline that he instilled in my life. Uh, and so if you were here last week, I think Pastor Jason uh, spoke on chapter 1, uh, what you heard last week was that Proverbs is a unique book. Uh, it's found in the middle section of your Bible. Often we refer to this middle section as uh, wisdom literature or Hebrew poetry and wisdom. And so Proverbs is a poetic book. Uh, it's wisdom literature that uh, is gathered in sight of God's people throughout the generations, and giving us wisdom in how we are to honor God with our lives, uh, how we are to treat one another. And what you'll find in the book of Proverbs is a, a lot of instruction in how to, again, deal with people, how to relate to God, how to deal with our finances, and so much practical wisdom in day-to-day -day living. Uh, and so it's not just good advice in the book of Proverbs, but it is God's invitation to us to learn wisdom, to, to learn from previous generations about how to live holy lives in this world. Uh, I suspect that's why my dad kind of pushed that on me, 
to read Proverbs because he said, Garth, you need some wisdom, right? So my challenge to you this morning, my encouragement to you, if you are not already in the habit of reading Scripture on a daily basis, that you would pick up that habit because that is a habit that you will take with you for the rest of your life that you will never regret putting into your life. And if you're wondering, where do I start? I would encourage you to start in the book of Proverbs. Uh, for example, today is the 23rd of July, so today you read chapter 23. Tomorrow, the 24th, you read chapter 24, and so on and so forth. You don't have to wait till the new year to start a new resolution. You can start it today. Uh, and so I'd encourage you to do that. We've already heard Proverbs chapter 8, and so I want to draw your attention uh, to that and just kind of walk through that a little bit. And so if you have your Bibles with you, I encourage you to turn there if you haven't already, or if you use the Bible app uh, to find it on your Bible app. Uh, I've given this uh, uh, sermon the title, Wise or Otherwise, uh, for three reasons. Number one, because I think it's incredibly clever. Uh, the second one is because I think that's memorable. I'll often say, hey, is that wise or is that otherwise? And number three is because that statement, wise or otherwise, indicates that we have a choice. We can choose to be wise or we can choose otherwise. And so, again, I encourage you this morning, take notes. I think that's one of the helpful things that I have uh, developed in my life to be able to write notes from the sermon so that I can look back on them throughout the week and kind of study them, look over them a little bit more, and then it can come out in my conversations in day-to-day -day living. So here, if you're taking notes, here's the first thing that I see in this passage, that wisdom is a guide for everyone and everywhere. Verses 1 to 5, we read this, does not wisdom call out, does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gate leading into the city, at the entrance, she cries aloud. To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. What we see here, a few phrases, we see calling out. We hear raising her voice. We, we hear calling out or crying out. That is, so that all can hear, so that everyone can hear. See, this message of wisdom is for all people everywhere. At the highest point, she calls out. Uh, where the paths meet, that's where, where, where community is developed, where you cross paths with one another, beside the gate leading into the city at the entrance. See, wisdom is available for everyone, and this wisdom is for all places everywhere. The wisdom of God is relevant no matter where you go, whether it's on the hockey, at the hockey rink or on the, at the ball diamonds, whether you're at the mall or whether you're at school or whether you're at your workplace, wherever you go, from the music hall to the sports arena, the relevance of wisdom is there. Wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is relevant wherever you go. Look at verse 5. You who are simple... Gain prudence. You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Set your hearts on wisdom. You see, wisdom is saying, my wisdom, the wisdom of God is down to earth. The wisdom of God is practical for everyday living, and it's accessible for all people. 
young and old, and everyone in between. Wisdom calls out, reflect on, meditate on this wisdom of God. Gain prudence, set your hearts on it. And so we learn from here that it is a choice. Wisdom urges us to to be active, to be intentional about our responding to it. And so I wonder if we are either learning wisdom or we're ignoring wisdom. We're either gaining wisdom or we're losing it. And this actually isn't the first time in Proverbs that we've read words like this. In in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 22 and 23, we read these words, How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Oh, and this is not a harshness to wisdom's voice, but it is a gentle voice. Wisdom says, then I will pour out my thoughts to you, and I will make known to you my teachings. We're either wise or otherwise. We're either listening to wisdom or we're ignoring the wisdom. And so while wisdom is accessible to all people, to everywhere, this accessibility to wisdom is not passive. We don't just sit there and kind of soak it up, but we are actively going after understanding it. We're, we're making an effort to understand this wisdom and applying it to our lives. And so if wisdom, if verses, verses 1 to 5 tell us that this wisdom is down to earth, that it's practical in our lives, uh, the next verses tell us that it's anything but worldly. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, I suppose, would be the key verse for the whole book of Proverbs. And we read these words in verse 7. The fear of the Lord is beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. You see, what wisdom, what Proverbs is getting at here is that wisdom and godliness go together. So if you're taking notes, the second point I would see here in in, in this chapter is that wisdom speaks what is excellent and valuable. Verse 6, listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. All these words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are upright to those who have found knowledge. You see those phrases? Wisdom speaks only what is trustworthy. Wisdom speaks only what is right, only what is true, only what is just. And so you can put your faith and your trust in this wisdom of God because it won't lead you astray. Wisdom calls out, raising her voice to all who would listen. Wisdom would call out, be active in learning from me. And then wisdom urges us to make a decision in verse 10. Choose. Choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than gold. Wisdom calls out and says, choose me over the things of this world. 
Choose me over pursuing wealth. Choose me over pursuing gold and silver and all of these things that the world's going to offer you to say, this is where you find life. Wisdom says, choose me over all of that. And the reason is this. Verse 11, for wisdom, the wisdom of God, is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. See, friends, the most valuable resource that we can build our life on is the wisdom of God. It's the standard of truth and the wisdom of God that we find in the Scriptures. Verse 12 goes on to read, I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance evil behavior and perverse speech. And so wisdom says, wisdom is rooted in the fear of the Lord. Gain wisdom. Gain wise instruction. Gain knowledge. Gain discernment from me so that you will be helped in how to make good use of all that you have. Godliness and wisdom go hand in hand. They're in agreement with one another. What is unacceptable to godliness? Things we see here like pride and arrogance and evil behavior and perverse speech is also unacceptable to wisdom. There's no conflict of interest between wisdom and godliness. And so Proverbs goes on to say this in verse 14, counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight and I have power by me, kings reign, and rulers issue decrees that are just. By me, princes govern, and nobles, all who rule the earth. I love those who love me, and those who seek me, find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice, bestowing a rich inheritance on those who love me and making their treasuries full. That's what wisdom does. What I see from that, number three, is that wisdom gives rewards to those who love her. What are these rewards that wisdom offers us and gives to us? It says here, well, riches and honor. And we might pause and we might think, is that talking about material wealth? No, I don't think so. Oh, it might include that, but if that's our goal, it's nearsighted, and it really uh, is missing the whole point in what wisdom is getting at. Because wisdom has a bigger picture in mind here. Wisdom says that with me, there is enduring wealth. Well, we know that our wealth here on this earth is not lasting. It's not enduring. It's here today, and it's gone tomorrow. But to walk in the way of righteousness... To walk in the way of justice, wisdom says, is far better. It goes beyond. It surpasses anything of this world. And when I read those words, I, I think of the Apostle Paul, who we, we read in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. He said this, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Wisdom says the wisdom of God is better than gold. It's better than silver because the wisdom of God is is enduring. 
it's fulfilling, as we're going to see a little bit later on in this chapter. But then we ask, where does this wisdom come from? Look what it says in verse 22. The Lord brought me forth. The Lord brought forth wisdom as the first of his works. Before his deeds of old, the Lord is the source of wisdom. The Lord is the creator of wisdom. Number four, if you're taking notes here, is this. Uh, Wisdom was there before anything else existed. 22 to verse 22 to 26 the lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old wisdom goes on to say i was formed long ages ago at the very beginning when the world came to be you see wisdom says i was there before it all began when there was no watery depths i was given birth when there was no springs overflowing with water before the mountains were settled in place Before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth, wisdom goes on to say this, I was there. I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundaries so that the waters would not overstep his command. And when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was constantly by his side. If you're familiar with the scriptures, those verses might remind you of Genesis chapter 1 in the creation account. Here's number five. Wisdom was present when the orders of creation were set in place. Wisdom was essential to the creation of the world. What this tells us is, you know, what wisdom was saying here in verse 26 was that there was not a speck of dust. Verse 29, that there was not a hint of the order of creation that came about by chance. Creation, nothing came about by accident or by some big bang. Wisdom says, no, no, rather, this all came about by a creative, intelligent, intentional, and wise designer. That's who created all of this. And then wisdom goes on to say that it was bursting with joy at the Lord's creation. In verse 30, I read these words, I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence. Rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind as if wisdom was there at this creation, watching what God was creating. And everything that God was creating, wisdom was shouting out, wow! Wisdom was filled with rejoicing and filled with joy. Wisdom was full of joy in the existing and the creating of the world. What we see here as well is that God has made nothing and done nothing without wisdom. Nothing was made by accident, but rather by the infinite wisdom of an all-loving God. But if that's how we read this poem, if that's how we read this poetry in its immediate context, let me pull it back a little bit to a little bit wider context 
You see, what you might pick up as we're reading this is that wisdom is personified. That means that, that the wisdom is being represented as a person. And it's in preparation to the full revelation that we get to see in the New Testament. You see, all things we've just read about in regards to wisdom apply to Jesus Christ. Jesus is the wisdom of God. Creation was not just God, not just the activity of God, but with his son, with the eternal word. We, we read about Jesus being the wisdom and power of God. Look at some verses here, and I, I would encourage you just to write down the ref- references so that you can look back at them throughout the week. But I'm going to have them here on the PowerPoint slide. But Colossians 1, 15 to 17 says this, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, before creation. That's similar to what we just read about wisdom. For in him, that is in Jesus Christ, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or, or, or authorities, All things have been created through him, through Jesus Christ, and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. That is the wisdom of God manifested in the person of Jesus Christ. Hmm. Wisdom said, I was there. Colossians says, Christ was there. Colossians 2 verse 3 goes on to read this, in whom, and that's speaking about Jesus Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom, we have learned in Proverbs 8, is a guide for everyone. Here in the New Testament, we are reading and we are understanding that Jesus Christ is a guide for everyone. John 1, 1 to 4 which is very, pop, or very familiar to many of us, says this, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. You see, wisdom said, I was there. Jesus Christ was there at the beginning. And John 1 9 to 14, a little bit later on in this chapter, we read this, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. You see, wisdom is a guide for everyone. Jesus Christ is a guide for everyone. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Well, then we can go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 24 and 30, and we read these words. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God. Oh, and here's that word, and the wisdom of God. Jesus Christ is the wisdom 
of God. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us, here's that word again, the wisdom of God. That is, he's our righteousness, he's our holiness, and he's our redemption. And then Hebrews 1. In the past, God spoke to our, for, to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And after he had provided purification for sins... He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Wisdom told us, seek me above everything else. Seek me above silver. Seek me above gold. And Jesus Christ is superior to all. And Jesus Christ says, seek me above everything. And so what do we do? with this wisdom? What do we do with this wisdom of God that is manifested in the person of Jesus Christ? Let me go back to Proverbs 8, verse 32 to 36. Here's what we do with the wisdom of God. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me. You want blessing? Listen to him. Watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway for those who find me, find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. And so the sixth thing here that I see in this passage is this. Wisdom is the one to whom we must listen. The wisdom of God, Jesus Christ. And so this morning I asked the question, do we know this wisdom? Are we intentional about going after this wisdom and learning more about this wisdom personified in the person of Jesus Christ. Because to know wisdom is to know life. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27, it's a story, I love this story that Jesus told uh, of the, sto uh, uh, the, the story of the wise and the foolish builders. And Jesus said these words, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man, wise person, who built their house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had as its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like the foolish person who builds their house on the sand. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. And so this morning I'll go back to where we started. Are you wise 
or otherwise. Building your life on the rock, on Jesus Christ, or are you building it on something other? And so this morning, would you, if you are not already walking in this wisdom, would you turn your eyes to Jesus Christ today because that is the best decision you will ever make. Greater than gold, greater than silver, for in him only, in Christ Jesus only, is there eternal value and eternal life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your incredible love for us. Thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son to this earth to die for us so that we could live for you. Father, I thank you for the wisdom that is in Christ Jesus. And I pray for each one of us here that we would base our life, we would put our life into your hands, into the wisdom of Christ, that we would base our lives on him and we would seek to live for you today and each day going forward. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Jesus, thank you for your love and your obedience even to death on the cross. And so we give you our lives to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.